Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Well, hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am so excited and honored to have with me Sue Detweiler. She is an author and international speaker and the founder of Life Bridge Global. I have met her in person and now I'm having her on my show. So nice to see you here today. Oh, Heidi, thank you for inviting me. I know that God is using you to transform lives and to encourage soundness of mind and heart. Yeah, I'm and, and same with you. I mean, your book. So here's her book, Healing Rain. Sue has written, written many books, and this is one of them. Um, I, w- I really was very transformed myself even by reading it. And so I'm really excited for you to hear her testimony and really to just hear some of the nuggets that she can share with us from this book. So Sue, go ahead and tell the listeners who you are and part of your testimony. Well, I have been preaching the gospel for 40 years since I was 19 years old. So I love Jesus with all of my heart. My husband and I have pastored and cared for people. And uh, around the time we met, Heidi, I had an encounter with God where he shifted us from pastoring Mm -hmm. and led us to found LifeBridge Global, which for me personally means that I'm traveling internationally almost once a month. Hmm. Uh, so it wow. is a, a real journey of dedication. Uh, wow. I have six children and eight grandchildren mm-hmm. with two Love more that. on the way. Yay. So by January, it'll be 10. Wow. But I, I wrote healing rain really it, in some ways it began as a, a prophetic journey. Um, the name Healing Rain comes from a song that I co-wrote mm-hmm. when someone I loved and worked with was going through a battle with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And it was a song that really carried uh, healing. Even when it was translated and sung in the nations, people would be physically healed. Mm-hmm. But the picture is how God's healing rain, like physical rain comes down in a downpour and we need to be soaked in his presence, but we also need to position ourselves to immerse ourselves in Christ's love to find wholeness of mind, body, and heart. And so it's both the sense that healing comes from heaven to earth, but it's also how do we receive it? And so what I've done in this book is I've created a pathway for people who are on a journey to be able to immerse themselves in Christ's love. And I do it pretty purposefully so for example the chapters that are about faith and miracles are near the end of the book I start out more talking about the inner workings of where we can sometimes get stuck Mm. 
-hmm. And I'm focusing in on people that may be suffering with chronic issues. Mm -hmm. And I describe my own journey of when I had a perfect storm after, after returning from Brazil and my GI tract was contaminated Mm -hmm. and it set off a whole series of autoimmune disorders that, that, you know, the doctors basically tell you, you're never going to be better from this or cured from it. You just manage the symptoms. Yeah. And so I talk about my healing journey, but also I create an opportunity for others to really have a breakthrough, even in areas that have been chronic in their lives. Yeah. So could you talk about that a little bit? Talk about, you know, how you were struggling and then Lord, like, or God, like showed you revelation to move you through this. So it wasn't something that was that you had to accept that there's many of us that were like, well, <laughs> you know, that's what I have. And that's what yeah. says. Well, I think yeah. I got stuck for a while, Heidi. I mean, and I think that happens many times. It, if you find yourself in that you're sitting in a doctor's office, and it's taking you 10 minutes to give your history. You know, I found myself, you know, because I had a whole history, you know, this happened, this happened, Mm -hmm. this happened, Mm -hmm. you know, then I started getting bald spots and it was alosapia retta and it was this, and then I was diagnosed with Sears, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which basically is every system in your body is controlled by your brain. So when you have inflammation in the brain, it impacts so many, so many systems. So I think I got stuck for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think I went through this perfectly where you start to feel like a victim because it's chronic and it was so different than where I had been in my Mm -hmm younger life and younger experience Mm. and just had so many different things happen all at once along with stress and loss Mm. and disappointment all of those things which by the way I do think is often the journey of people that struggle with anything that's chronic it's like if you look behind it Many times there's been a series of, of, of stress or loss that's preceded it. Um, so, for example, I lost my son yeah. who we adopted from Brazil when he was 12 years old, he and his brother. Mm-hmm. And they had been born with a biological mother who did drugs, but also from a background of mental illness. Mm-hmm. We didn't know this until we got to Brazil, you know, yeah. already fell in love with these boys. And, um, and so the, the level of bringing two young boys that had been traumatized and abused mm-hmm. into your own family, you know, where you all become family together, yeah. you know, there's shifts and there's trauma in that as well. And when my oldest son was 23, Uh, he died of an apparent drug overdose. Mm -hmm. And it was a complete shock because he had been clean for about five months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you never expect um, for a child uh, to lose their life. Um, 
And I could feel it just surging in my body, the cortisol, you know, the loss, the, mm. the devastation. And it mm. wasn't long after that when I started to have heart symptoms and I failed a stress test. And, you know, I've learned since then mm. that people literally can die from what they call broken heart syndrome. Yeah, where it's your heart is legitimately impacted physically, but the root of it comes from just a broken heart. Yeah. And so in that, uh, I, I had an encounter with God, when I was preparing for uh, the catheterization, it was scheduled. But I remember feeling the it was like the oil of his presence coming down on my head and mm -hmm. resting on my chest and going down to my feet. And I, I could tell that he was healing me. And I heard him say, I'm healing your physical heart and I'm healing your broken heart. Wow. And when the test, when, you know, you follow through with the test, of course, you know, which was a surgical procedure, um, I was completely clear. And, wow. you know, God's such a healer. Wow. And, and it does. It builds your faith. Every miracle that you personally experience, yeah. you know, paves the way for you to believe for others, but also mm -hmm. for you to believe for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and you actually went to you, I think you and your husband both went to Bible school, or was it you that went? You talk about how you went to Bible school and they did not, the school didn't even didn't teach you love the school. You're very honoring of the school, but they didn't teach you to believe in healings and miracles and deliverance. No, I didn't come from that background. I mean, it was more of a, you know, it's considered an Ivy League school, you know. Wow. But the reality is theologically they would teach more. They wouldn't teach that there's really a struggle against the enemy and that there are literal demons at, you know, yeah. battling. Yeah. Um, they, would, they would talk more about like the, you know, the demon of alcohol, like a choice, you know, like choices. Oh, sure. Of course, we have choices, but, it is a, yeah. but you know, when, when you read the Bible and you, you realize that Jesus healed the sick, he cast out demons, he set people free. Um, so I think it's been helpful to read the Bible and believe the Bible. Mm. So read the Bible from the perspective of the Bible rather than coming at it from a unbelieving perspective, if you want, you know, almost like what it felt like sometimes is like you had a scissors. And I, I learned that there was one of our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, who literally had a Bible where he had taken a scissors and cut parts of it out. Yes. You know, that he didn't like. Well, that, I mean, that's what we can do is we will just kind of, or even kind of turn like a blind eye, like, no, that's not in there. I don't understand it. So I'm just going to skip it. Instead of saying, hey, God, what do you mean by this? Yeah. And when you really begin to realize that Jesus is your healer and you begin to apply it to your life today, in this century, in this time, and knowing that God uses doctors, mm. but every doctor that I know that mm. is a really good doctor, often mm. they 
they have a dual calling. It's like they have a healing gift as well. Yeah, and that's good. often they know that most of the healing really is beyond them. You know, right. that there's a mystery to yeah. the wonder of how our bodies have been made, that yeah. our bodies are made to heal. Hmm. That's good. And Jesus, what part of his nature is healing. Like we, we think that, you know, it's, it's not that you're just coming to get like a, a big, a po you know, like a magic potion. It's not magic. It's his nature. So it's, I think to me, what I feel like you're talking about is like getting the word into us because he's in us. And so it's, it's really believing what he says he will do. And in your book, you said that God wants to use every Christian to heal not just super giants of faith or healing evangelists. So how can people learn how to walk in their own healing journey? How can we learn how to navigate this? And, you know, cause I have some people that listen that don't haven't even gone to that. They haven't even seen a healing, a healing or miracle, you know, how do they start to even walk in this and think, Oh, this is real. This actually happens today. I think, well, one thing I, I will lead you through it in the book with the Bible study. Like if you go through the journey of answering the questions mm. or I had videos that are connected with it oh, as cool. well that you can get online. Awesome. There's a download called seven keys to divine health that I talk through just the biblical basis of healing Beautiful. from Jesus death on the cross. Yeah. So the word starting with the word yeah. is so important yeah. and taking the word of God, taking it in such a way that, that you're feasting on it, you're feeding yeah. on it and then applying it. So things like communion, mm. you know, which if people have gone to liturg liturgical churches, they probably taken communion before taken the Lord's Supper, but realizing that Jesus said, you know, as often as you eat or drink do this and remember me mm. and activating, uh, I have written prayers that that you can pray as you take the body and the blood and, and I know that there may be different theological views about communion. Um, and the reality is, you have become a priest in your own home. You know, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, there's no longer a dividing wall, a barrier. You don't have to talk to God through another person. You can talk directly to God. And that's what yeah. a priest is. Yeah. And so just beginning to understand your own authority as a believer, mm. your own authority to claim healing in your own life, mm. but also to follow Jesus's command, which he gave to all Christians mm. to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Mm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your journey? So I, I actually met you in person about, I think it was three years ago. Um, and a lot has happened. Since it was then. only two years ago, oh, Heidi. It was, two years ago. It was oh only two gosh. years ago. I know. Wow. I know because it, it was like a two year anniversary of, you know, really an encounter uh, with God at that event that you and I met. So it's only two years. 
but it was a major encounter with God. And Randy Clark had hmm. at greater things had given a call hmm. to the nations. And I knew that I had to go forward. And within a month, I was in Kenya. So there was an activation. And part of it as an author, as a pastor, I'd already had many invitations. Yes. But when you have the yes from God, that as invitations come, you need to go. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is you have a yes. And during that encounter with God, he was, of course, You're Mm -hmm. thinking about that you can die. I mean, this was a time where you're still wearing masks. Mm -hmm. So nobody was really traveling internationally at that point. Mm -hmm. So when I got on that plane, it was an empty plane. Like nobody is flying. And yet they still wanted you to wear the mask in an empty plane. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just really funny. And, And Kenya was still in lockdown. You know, the church where I went to, they had not had a public service until I went and preached. Wow. Wow. But they had been started. So, I mean, in other countries, COVID had caused a real shutdown Hmm. among churches. People were getting arrested in Kenya at that point just for walking down the street Hmm. outside alone without a mask on. Wow. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And now you're, you're, you've traveled to internationally. Oh, like, so many nations. I've yes. been to Kenya multiple times, had impact there. We got to train uh, pastors and leaders from all 54 nations. Wow. That was, I was with Apostle Guillermo Maldonado um, mm-hmm. this weekend. I spoke at King Jesus Ministries, and I found out that that those pastors now from these fifty-four nations have gone back, and in oh, I'm trying to think how many months it is, could be five, six months. They have now led eighty million people to Jesus. Come That's on. the statistics. Come it's on. kept by. Bishop Matu, who worked with Reinhold Bonnke. So, I mean, I was just blown away by the fact that when you, when you equip pastors, pastors have so much impact Hmm. over their churches, but also over their regions and over the nations. So, yeah. Yes, and Brazil quite a few times already. Uh, Bolivia. Estonia, Croatia, I'm headed to Pakistan. Come on. So oh it's just a, a, a call. And part of what Jesus said is, I want you to go to nations where little girls may not have ever heard a woman preach the gospel. Yeah. And be willing to die. I mean, that really was one of my, my things that, you know, you say to the Lord, because you can be in situations that are dangerous. Yeah. And... And knowing that the yes is an all-out yes to Jesus. Oh, my that gosh. That he's Lord of our lives. I'm so grateful for what you're doing and that you're following this and that you're able to see the fruit of your faithfulness. And do you run into, you know, other pastors that don't believe that women should preach? Oh, yes, all the time. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I mean... 
the reality is it was much more so 40 years ago. I'd, I'd never heard a woman preach until I did it. Yeah. Um, and it depends on nations. Some nations yeah. are different. Yeah. Where wherever there's um, things like communism, if there's still the vestiges of communism and control, mm. um, those nations or, you know, Muslim type of nations, you know, there's much more oppression towards women. Yeah. When I, I got to Bolivia, I didn't realize that there were so many women in that nation that were beaten. I mean, severely. Dearly, as many as 75 to 80 percent of women at some point in their life have been abused. You know, so when I was doing a, a women's conference, basically every woman in there had either been beaten or their mother had been beaten or their sister. I mean, it was just so pervasive. And what can happen sometimes is that. Uh, biblical scriptures get twisted in our minds yes so even the thought that as a woman you know i'm submitting to my husband as he beats me no that's not that's not what submission is absolutely you know that that's abusive and yeah and christ doesn't beat his own body absolutely. you know he laid down his life for the bride so you know, how to bring about transformation that that keeps the word of God central mm -hmm. um, because it's the word, mm -hmm. you know, truth is really a person is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when you encounter Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. the truth sets you free. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah, you, you talked about like the importance of just really being honest with Jesus too. You said that heart healing begins with being honest with Jesus and that we worship him when we walk by faith in, in spite of what we've been through. How do we learn how to do that? How do we learn how to be honest with Jesus? And, and you also talk about coming back to first love and, you know, and not, not having that orphan heart, you know, so I feel like these all kind of come together. because It like, all goes together, doesn't like, it? Not honest with God because we feel like we're not worthy. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't know that the, you know, like the veil was torn, like we can go directly to our father, directly to him and, and talk about our pain. So talk about how you, how you learn to do that and how we can do that. Because to me, that ties to mental health. I, it really does. And there's a friend of mine who's an expert in mental health and grief recovery. Her name's Pan Vredevelt. I, you know, she's probably written 30, 40 books. Wow. I mean, she's just an amazing licensed counselor. But one of the things that I have been doing most of my adult life in Christian walk with Jesus is something that that she said has actually been proven to speed up the healing and recovery process. Mm. And that's as simple as journaling. Mm. When you are writing down your prayers to God and, yeah. and what I talk about in the book is make it a conversation. We don't hear him perfectly, but if you sense that it's God's voice and not your own, put it in quotation marks so that you can go back and remember what you felt like he said. 
And, and for me, I'll have revelations different times where I know I didn't think of it. You know, it's like a heaven inspired thought or a heaven inspired response. And those are the things that really stay with me. You know, they're transformational. They're revelation gems that have come from the throne of God. So I think one of the ways that we can be honest is by by putting it on paper, so to speak. That's good. You know, that okay. that you're writing it out and you're you're telling God how you feel. I yeah. I don't think I talked about it in this book. It may have been women who move mountains, but I had a season where I was just mad at God. I, w- mm. I was mad about being a mom and felt like mm. I was stuck at home and, you know, like mm-hmm. many mothers feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember getting a break. Nobody's home. And I remember doing this thing where I go, I hate you. And then I go, oh, but it opened up the best dialogue with God. Come on. That's and it. I, I remember getting the journal and I start to write and I'm just hearing from God and, and he's saying, you're surprised that you said that. I'm not. I know oh, your heart. I love it. And then he yes. began to tell me about contentment and yeah. how contentment is a gift. It's yes. a choice, but contentment okay. can set me free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was such an encounter with God. And, and when you get a breakthrough like that of contentment, for example, <laughs> the enemy can't steal it from you. That's good. because it's, it's like you've won territory. Yeah. You know, that's you, good. You've won something. Come on. Um, and that you can, uh, an, another way of being honest with God, mm. I think, is keeping track of those prophetic scriptures or prophetic words and mm. and then talking with him about it, mm. you know, honestly talking with him about it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> honesty <laughs> is so important in any relationship. You can't have a good marriage without being honest. You can't have a good friendship without being honest. And your relationship with God will not be good if you're not honest. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we struggle to be honest with other people because when we have, it hasn't been received well, you know, or someone rejects us or they're, they don't respond in kindly. And so then we kind of like learn, oh, I can't trust other people. I better not be myself. And so the best way to learn how to step out and do that is to say it to God. So I love that you said that to God and that you just shared that with us. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people that just got set free by you saying that, like, <laughs> I can actually say that. It's like, yes, if you're mad at God, you've got to speak it out. Cause otherwise it's like, we, it's like, we choke on, we kind of choke on this pain that needs to get processed. And part of that processing is God, I'm mad at you, or I hate you right now. And it's not going to stay like that, but we got to communicate it to him so we can hear what he has to say. Yeah. And his words are always so transformational. Yes. And, and you can feel it because when he speaks, it it's not only with the word of God, but it's with his presence. And when his presence yeah. comes, um, there's clarity, there's confidence, but there's also always healing. Yeah. You know, with his presence, fullness of joy, but with his presence comes healing. 
Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, you, one of the other things I really loved about your book is you, you had examples and you shared people's testimony. So I'm actually in the book. I think I found myself in chapter three, you share. Yes, you that are. I, that that's right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of the, the, the people that shared. Um, I, I was very touched by many of these. One of them was a woman who was really struggling physically. Um, she had a chronic, chronic pain. And she had a friend that forced her out of the house um, to get prayer, um, to attend this healing evangelist. And she was very mad at her friend. And so I think that this can happen sometimes is we, we can give up on our friends. We can give up on people who have these struggles. And this friend didn't give up on her. She, and she talked about that she was so wrapped up in self-pity and she didn't want to get prayer again and be disappointed. So she said, I'd rather be sick for the rest of my life than to give my, get my hopes up and be disappointed. And I'm like, that is so many of us where we're just like, we don't want to be disappointed. We don't want to get, get our hopes up, but God is so much better than that. And he does actually want us to get healed. And so when she did get prayer, they, she didn't actually get prayer for the, the physical healing. They actually prayed for healing of her trauma that she actually had trauma. This is exactly what you started out by talking about, that there's the trauma that starts. And then from that, all these other things follow. And she was able to really be seen and heard by getting this prayer. So, and so I'd love for you, could you share a couple of their testimonies? Yeah, like, her I know name, that this is, her uh, name is Leslie Tracy and God has used her testimony so much. And I think what I loved about Leslie Tracy's testimony is that she talked about what she thought what she felt mm -hmm. the process because those are the type of things that we can start to get freedom from mm -hmm. when we realize that we're thinking things that are contrary to God's will in our life come on and and she just outlines it in such a good way that I think people can relate. But but she just really needed deliverance. Right. And um, you're right. There's so many testimonies at at the end of the book. Um, oh, I love this man. Leif Hetland mm -hmm. shares just a testimony of being in ministry and working so hard, and yet you know things in his own body falling apart. He's seeing other people be healed, but you know, he's struggling and how he experienced a baptism of the love of God and how just really realizing the father's love just changed his orphan heart. And, and I, I think uh, there's so many testimonies like that, that when we have an encounter with God, that encounter ends up impacting so many people, mm. you know, as we share our testimony and our revelation, our breakthrough, then uh, other people are literally, they're able to hear it, receive it and stand on our shoulders, hopefully not go through as much pain, you know, Absolutely. avoid some of it. I know. <laughs> That's what I really hope that your book will do is just allow people to not have to go through that. You know, it's like we can actually, we can glean from other people's testimonies mm -hmm. instead of having to go through that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this, I actually was trying to find, yeah. Uh, Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. And, and that's talked about throughout the book because we build the revelation. And, and even if you don't watch all of the videos, you know, on the, the video series that goes along with this, the first video, I really lay the groundwork of, what the blood of Jesus did on the cross, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes we have to go right back to the basic and realize mm-hmm. and affirm and claim yeah. uh, the blood of Jesus in our own right. lives and, you know, apply the blood to our lives. I think it's, it's so important. Yeah. Like even in just- the book, I, I try to tell stories too. Um, just so listeners know this, I try to tell stories when prayers aren't answered. Hmm. And I I do that on purpose. Um, And I tell one story of a young man, 19 years old, who died of cancer. Hmm. And the person that was praying for him was Michael Miller from Upper Room. And and he got so mad at God. And, and God gave him this dream that just kind of explained mm. in some ways in his mind, his heart, how, how he could deal with his frustration and yet realize, because part of what he saw in the dream was Willie, the young man came up and he was, he didn't, he wasn't bald. He wasn't, you know, skinny. He was really buff and he had long flowing hair mm. and you know, he was vibrant. And and the picture was, you know, yeah. So there is a reality that some of our prayers on this earth are not answered, Hmm. but there's an even greater reality that they are answered in heaven, and our final healing is in heaven. And in heaven, we get heavenly bodies. Yeah, like I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's important to talk about both so that you don't want to become stuck. Yeah, that's good. Where you've believed God for something, it didn't happen like you thought, and then yeah. you just give mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And, and the reality is, no, we've got to live with the mystery of while we're on this earth, you know, there's suffering on this earth, but there's yes. a time coming when mm-hmm. our tears will be wiped away Absolutely. And, and the greater reality of, of heaven and mm-hmm. how our charge now is to help to bring heaven to earth. Oh, come on. It's in the Lord's prayer. <laughs> so this has been really, really wonderful. I would love it if you could just let the Holy Spirit lead and pray for whatever you feel like our listeners need. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's some of you that that you can relate to that thought like a perfect storm, Mm. like one thing happened and then another thing and then another thing. And and you found yourself in a challenging situation where you haven't wanted to be a victim Mm. or to have a victim mindset or to have unbelief or doubt in your heart. But Mm. the chronicness of your daily reality um, has caused you to lose heart. Mm-hmm. I want to pray that you take heart mm-hmm. and that that literally you allow Jesus just hold his heart, your heart up to him and allow him 
to heal your heart. And there is a picture I saw in Brazil that I sense he's doing this right now through this broadcast. And I, I saw this picture where the hand of God was coming out. It was translucent red and it was reaching into the chest cavities and taking hearts and literally massaging hearts. And as he was massaging them, toxins of hurt and wounding and pain and just the residue of hardness of life that he was literally removing those toxins so first of all i just pray that there would be that every form of residue of past hurt in your life where you've been wounded where you've tried to forgive but somehow you're still tied to the problem i pray that with his healing presence, that there would be a setting free of your heart, that you could literally hope again. And I pray for your mind. I pray that you would begin to think thoughts that are in agreement with God's thoughts for you. I pray over you, Ephesians 3.20, that you would begin to experience the far more than you could hope for or imagine. The superabundance of life that Jesus has for you, that you would begin to walk in his dream for your life. And I pray too that faith would begin to surge for any area, body, mind, heart that needs healed in your life. And that you would just believe the goodness of God and so right now we release that healing and and right now I, I believe that for some of you he's touching your heart and Lord I pray that you just penetrate that place I believe for some of you it's your joints it's your knees and he just wants to lubricate that so that there's a fresh healing of movement and for some of you, you've just been believing a lie and it's just simply this. I'm just old. Well, I speak over you, Isaiah 40, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, that they would mount up like wings as eagles, that they'd run and not grow weary. I pray for a supernatural release of divine help and divine health and a renewal even of your youth. And for the eagles, they fly higher and stronger when there's those new feathers grow in. And I pray and prophesy that over you, that your best days are yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I really saw a lot of like renewed hearts. I really saw a lot of people just stepping into that place of hope. Like, well, I can hope again. She can do it. So can I, like I can hope again. So thank you so much. And thank you for all that you're doing and, and putting your life out there for souls for Jesus. Yeah. So how can people get a hold of you? How can they buy the book, listen to your podcast and even the YouTube videos or the videos you were talking about? How can people get a hold of you? Well, um, it's easy to find my book. You know, any bookstore right now has it. Okay. Uh, if you go to Amazon, of course, it has it. Barnes and Noble has it. Um, yep. You can find resources at Sue 
Detweiler.com and Detweiler spelled D-E-T-W-E-I-L-E-R. You can download the, you know, the seven keys that, that um, ebook. And also you can sign up for the video course on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sue. It's been an honor to have you. And I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Thank you, Heidi. It's a pleasure. And I, I pray that uh, each one of you would be activated to know that Jesus is not just a healer, but Jesus is your healer. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.